You had to be there. All right, let's, let's get into the word today. Uh, we're going to talk about a um, uh, new message, a line in the sand, a line in the sand. And First uh, uh, Corinthians 15 talks about being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the face. First Corinthians 15, 58. First Corinthians 15, 58. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith. Now, I was, I was thinking through some, I was meditating on just, uh, you know, as we're growing, you know, you watch different people growing. I was thinking about God Talk, I was thinking about uh, the people that pop on God Talk, uh, but, but a, a lot of people that pop on, talk, God, pop on God Talk has been invited by Jason Smith. You know, this one this gentleman yesterday was like, man, uh, I've been getting this text for the longest. I just uh, kept avoiding it because I figured I'm good. You know, he says, I'm going through something, so then I, you know, I call in. He says, but I thank God this brother has continuously uh, texted me even though I never got on. And so I asked him what it was. He said it was Jason. But then another gentleman chimed in and said, because he, he thought I was talking about him. He was like, it's just, uh, Jason told me to chime in too. But I, but I think about that, that, you know, someone like Jason has to decide that uh, not just this life is important, but it's so important, I need to share it. You know, um, I also uh, reflect on the, uh, the family that's at the church. You know, the sisters that are at the church, the sisters that are at the church, uh, you know, the cousins, you know, we, we cousins over here, we at the church. Uh, uh, the sisters, you know, so I reflect on stuff like that too because Family got to draw a line in the sand where the other person want to say, hmm, what you getting? You know, you know, forget how good I look. I just I want to get what you're getting. Or forget you got there first. I don't care. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting it. So, so I just think about the impact of our lives. And, and, and when we really do it, you know, people want to follow you into it. Like, you know, um, and so that's the value of being steadfast, unmovable, always bound in the faith. Now, when you hear that scripture, you think about when temptation's attacking you. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable. Yeah, but sometimes it ain't always that overt temptation. Sometimes you're just hanging out, you know, and you have an opportunity to share the gospel and you, you shrink because they ain't probably going to want to hear this or this is going to be a little uncomfortable. Well, I don't want to seem too holy. But if you notice the person you're around is not shrinking in what they believe. They don't care if they're too unholy or not. This is how we roll. And so you want to be steadfast, unmovable. How are you when you're not around them? Are you changing how you are when you are around them? Right? Not because you're trying to be evil. Sometimes it's, it's uh, for lack of better words, we know too much. You know, you get around somebody, you're like, well, I know how they are. I mean, they ain't, they ain't trying to hear about the Lord. So I ain't, ain't going to bring that up. You know, but really... Think about when you were like that, when you presented like you really want to hear about the Lord. It was just a fear. You was uncomfortable, but you really wanted some answers. And the person that was talking about the Lord, you got the answers without, but you saved face, right? You didn't present like, I really need this. You was like, okay, they're the guinea pig. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to pick up what they're doing, but I'm not going to expose myself as I'm committed because then they're going to they're really pour it on. You know, so I want to get it in, in bite sizes, Right? Well, that person that's around you, they really want it too. They're watching your life. They want what you got, right? 
And so you have to be consistent with sharing because everybody's not presenting the reality of what they really need, right? So you just got to share. You don't, 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 don't worry about um, the backlash. You know, people are going to kick and scream, but as you continue to grow in life, they're going to follow you right into the kingdom, right? All right, so let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I tell you this, that's what really a lot of the divergence, the distractions, and the circumstances for the adversary hopes we get so focused on that that we lose sight of the people around us that we can really minister to and bring into the kingdom. You know, if you think about, we, we talk about, uh, what do we talk about this? I don't know where, it's class or whatever. <laughs> so many different things. But you talk about that roller coaster ride, you know, when you're up and down. Well, you know, I was thinking about doing this, and as we go forward, I might do this might have customized videos of, of your process and growth. Because at this church, you get to see it because like Wednesday nights or Bible study, people come up to the mic or, or at the altar be like, man, you know, I was going through, but man, God is good, right? Then something happened in their life and then that same person be at the altar be like, man, you know, you know I'm just trying to, you know, getting through. You know, I was, I was, I was locked in, you know, um, but you know, uh, this, this, part, this time in my life right now, I just got to get back to where I was. Then you'll see them, they'll come back up, and man, I was, I was tripping, but you know, uh, hey, hey, after that message, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. L- listen, I'm in it, I'm all in. And, and I'll do something like, hey, y'all heard that, right? And the person to do what? Oh, oh, that's right, y'all heard it, I'm all in. Then, you know, some months go by later, you get the verse, say, well, you know, I'm just kind of like going through, you know. Forgot all about, they said it was all in. Forgot all about, they said, hey, this time, Nothing's going to stop me from doing it, right? Then they go through that. Then you, you see. But, you know, I was, I was, I was back there thinking about it because, you know, just thinking because my mind just, I think about creativity. I was like, man, it'd be good if people could see a video of all the things that they communicated at all the different stages. You know what I'm saying? Just like, just like a, a playlist and be like, that you probably look at yourself like, what in the world was I think? Like, what am I doing? Like, if you really hear it. Or the times when you're like, oh, my God, I love, I love this family. I just love this family. Then nobody said nothing to you. It's in your own head. I don't think nobody likes me. Like, like out of nowhere. Like nobody said, nobody did anything. Right? Just in your own mind. But then you, then, then you go back to, listen, listen. Man, what, what wasn't for me uh, uh, hearing from this or talking about this or getting this. I don't know where I would be. Because it's so easy to forget where we actually were, where the marriage was. Like, like some of y'all are probably tripping about the job right now. Step, take a step back. Do you remember four promotions ago? Before you got to the level where these people are envious, jealous, and getting on your nerves, do you remember when you just wanted a promotion? When you thought nobody was thinking about you? And then you got it, and now it's like, I just don't know. You know, wait a minute. This is where you want it to be. Remember when you were lonely, and you wanted the spouse, and you got the spouse, and you're like, man, this fool, say say another thing to me. Like, it's the same person, right, that you was believing for, right? See, James put his arm arm around, baby. Remember when you was praying for me, baby? (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? I, I just... This, this, this is going to give us a little step back and a little reality, not, not to condemn us, but just kind of like, hey, 
hey, realize what we're saying to God. Realize what God is really doing in our lives, right? All right, so so, uh, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 14, Ephesians 4, 14. It says this, it says that we henceforth be no more children. You know how we, you know, we get to certain age. I'm grown, right? It says, be no more children. Look, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Look, look, and by the slight of men, that's trickery, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So it's saying let's mature and not just be moved by circumstances of motion or good orators or good, commu- good speakers. Sensationalism. Like, like, let's lock in to what we believed when we were in our most sober state, when we were at our most humble state, when we told God, listen, I know I was tripping, but I'm all in. All in means something. You ever make a mistake and, and you hurt somebody? And then you say to yourself, man, I don't know what I could do to pay the person back, but if they could just forgive you, right? But then you're saying to yourself, it's going to take a while for them to trust you, right? So you said, I'm going to do whatever it takes, right? But the first sign of them thinking you did what you did before, you get an attitude, right? But you said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So whatever it takes would include them getting to a point where they believe you, right? Right? So when you tell God, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes would include some things are going to happen where you'll be tempted to get off of it. But hey, I'm doing whatever. I'm in now. What you're saying when you say I'm in now, you're saying bring it. That's what you're really saying. Bring it. What, what? You going to move? You going to move me? I remember as I was growing in ministry, I went through tests. I go through tests now. I'm I'm talking about the early years. So I was going through tests, and and I was expecting some tests. And no matter how excruciating it is, because I'm a a disciplined person, oh, my attitude is like bring it, bring it. So then I, I, I'm moving in ministry, and I'm being promoted. So I, I had opportunity to minister at different places. So I had opportunity to minister at this company, do their Bible study, and so they asked me to come once a month. Then they asked me to come every other week. Then they asked me to come every week, right? So, so I believe I was following in, 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 in the leadership's footsteps. Look, look, see, I'm growing. Come to the house. Babe, look, they asked me to come every week. Yeah, that's behind the scenes. I'm not stupid. I wasn't going, oh, ain't no big deal. No, it was a big deal yeah. for me. You know, I'm a young minister coming up, and, and outside of the church, outside of our familiarity, somebody's asking me to come every week. And I love being in those environments. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited in those environments. And then I'm, I'm doing Bible study with Ohio State, and I'm doing a chapel for uh, 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 the Blue Jackets. That's the professional hockey team. You know, so I'm saying, wow, babe. Look at what God is doing. Well, the Bible study paralleled with our staff meeting. So I had to leave our staff meeting early. I worked for the church. So, I, so, so one day, Pastor, hey, I got to go. Time for, you know, me to do the Bible study, right? So later that day, hey, I think uh, we're going to stop you doing the Bible study because you don't work for the company. You work for the church, right? So... I go home and I say, babe, like I, I, all these people I'm sending to the church, like what's, was this a test? And I was like, so am I supposed to get mad and leave? Now, this is the con- behind the scenes, transparent. This is the conversation I have with my wife. I said, babe, what, what are we doing here? Like, 
And then I felt like at this level, are we really trying to test if I'm my loyalty? Because this is not, I'm not like a couple years, and all I am is faithful. So my wife says, maybe it's a test that you're being tested. <laughs> my response is, shut up. <laughs> like, and nobody's really trying to hear you. Be quiet. Roll with me. But it was a good point. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so the test wasn't the test I was ready for. The test was the test that I wasn't. Okay, no, that's wrong. The test wasn't the test I was ready for. The test was the test that I wasn't expecting. Right? Because I can't say you're not ready for it, but I wasn't expecting. Right? And obviously, I ended up handling it right. I wouldn't be here talking to you. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 so... When the scripture says, don't be tossed to and fro, those lying wait to deceive, what it's saying is not just the obvious, what? You trying to get me to smoke, drink, please. But the subtle, the subtle things that pull you, drift you out of your discipline and consistency with God. Can we pass those tests? Right? We talked about this morning, and I was meditating on it this week. Real simple. No matter what scripture you hear, no matter what doctrine you hear, well, I don't think that it takes all that. Ask yourself what you're being asked to do, whether it's from God or even in the world. Does it bring you closer to God? So nobody, no matter what I tell you, you if you're honest with yourself, is it bringing you closer to God? Well, I don't think there's anything wrong, anything wrong with that music. Is it bringing you closer to God? Well, I don't think there's wrong with doing this every little once in a while. Is it bringing you closer to God? Now ask yourself this, will God endorse something that's, that's not bringing you closer to him? Why? Why would say God say that's okay? Would you endorse something with your kids doing that's not going to bring them closer to you? <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> Did something happen? <laughs> right, just, just, I, I'm saying sometimes we don't have to get deep. I think we talked about this in Bible study fellowship. Sometimes it's simpler than we really think, Right? Right? So, so he's saying don't get tossed to and fro because it could take you away from me. If you get caught up in that wind, you can get caught up in that wind. Listen, you can fight uh, a cause. Is it bring you closer to God? Because the Bible says favor my righteous cause. But there's plenty of causes. So you can tell yourself, but this is a good cause. Is it bring you closer to God? It's simple. But this, is, but this is a good sport. Is it bringing you closer to God? But this is some good overtime. Is it bringing you closer to God? But hey, hey, I like this CrossFit, but is it bringing you closer to God? Is that, is that the only option? See, sometimes we ain't even looking for another option. But if something's going to take me away from God, I'm going to find another way. Right? I'm going to change my routine for God. Okay, all right, just, just, just think about it. We get just things to think about, right? All right, things to consider. Let's go to Matthew 10. All right, so this, this, uh, this line in the sand, which is kind of obvious, you know, even the graphics has this little guy putting a line in the sand. You know, uh, I, I always think about, uh, uh, is it Bugs Bunny? They drew a line in the sand that says, hey, step over this line. And he draw the line, the person would step over the line because he figured if I draw the line, 
They would stay on the other side. When he stepped over the line, then he drew another one. Well, step over this line. Well, step over this line. He just kept saying, step over the line. <laughs> well, step over this line. Well, you draw a line in the sand and determine that, hey, there, 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 there's, there's, there's a difference over here than over there. With no lines, we all in the same place. Like, like if I establish a boundary, I'm saying, whoa, you know, you know how when you're young, well, you stay on your side of the bed. You stay on my side. You, know, you had to share the bed or share the room. Well, that's your side. That's my side. What you doing? You're drawing a line. And you're saying if you come on this side, you violate it, and I could do something to you. Right? <laughs> you, know, you know, when you're young, you're like, okay, just let you know. You know, you might put your T-shirts or whatever up or take, you know, take, take, take some yarn, go to one end of the room. Like, okay, just stay on your side. Don't come over here. Come over here and see what happened. Right? Well, we're joining the line in the sand and saying, hey, this is, we're in the presence of God. We're, we're, and we're not doing nothing to come outside of these boundaries. Bring it, say what you want, but I've established my fortress right here. Right? And so, so Matthew 10 says this. Because I, 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 when I've established where I'm at in the presence of God, I want other people. That's my nephew. I love my nephew. I want my nephew to benefit from anything I benefit from. I want everybody I know to benefit from anything I benefit from. And if you, if you triangulate anything I've ever said to you in the house, outside of the house, driving, I think me and Lou was going somewhere, and so we was having a conversation. Can I share this? So we was having this conversation, right? So, so this, this is how I am. So, so we was talking, and Lou gave me a perspective. I heard him, but I love him. So I was like, I, I hear you, Lou, but what about this? He said, no, no, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So he changed his perspective like at the drop of a hat because I gave him a different one. I didn't let that go either. I said, hold on, Lou. I noticed something. <laughs> if you hear something opposite, you immediately change to, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. Let's talk it through. So we can really determine the, the boundary, the line, the reality of what we're doing here. But nothing I said was a benefit to me. Is that true? You see, why? Because I care about him. I didn't say all the things Lou would like either. You know why? Because his life was more important than mine. His life was more important than him liking me. Because I've drawn a line in the sand. And I'm going to give people what they need. Listen, do you understand the last couple of messages? Uh, deceptive addictions. Like, you know, for preachers, those aren't easy messages. Because it's challenging people's vices that they, they want to let go of their, uh, uh, when they feel like it. And they definitely don't want to hear about it in church. Right? So it wasn't a bunch. People took extra vacations. Hey, I already took a vacation, but I think I'm going to take another one. <laughs> Let me go online and see what, ah, deceptive addictions. Yeah. We'll be busy during the week on Wednesday. <laughs> Sound effects. Oh, preachers aren't really teaching that because we had to discuss music. Oh, definitely. Ah, oh, this weekend, yeah, I think, I, I, I normally don't even like going to their stuff, but I think I'm going to go because I ain't going to hear about no sound. I got to listen to my music, man. What you trying to do, pastor? You understand what I'm saying? But guess what? 
If I don't share it, how do you get the information? You understand, you understand what I'm saying? Because I've drawn a line in the sand. I got to give it to you. See, see, we did a, a, a series a long time ago. I ain't even finished. I think I did one part of the series. It's called A Series of Troops. Well, so, so we talked about the stuff that normally people don't want to talk about. Basically, the last few, uh, the last two series was, was truths that normally we won't talk about. And it ain't over, I'm just saying, <laughs> that is normally we won't talk about. Why? Because God is saying, I'm, there, there's, there's, some, there's some restoration coming. But God doesn't restore for us to, to snap back into what we did before. So he's given us what we need to really not only obtain it, but to hold on to it. Like to really hold on. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because lives are at stake. I think about the youth around here. Man, like, how do they get it if nobody's caring about them? But, but living to care about them. Not visiting them. Not every once in a while. Not when they're resistant. Eh, I don't want to be bothered with them. I'm only going to be bothered with the kids that's chasing after me. No, you got to chase after youth. Right? You can't fear their faces. You can't be so caught up in yourself you're ignoring them. The children, we can't be so busy we're ignoring them. It doesn't, oh, that's, that's, that's dangerous. All right, so good. Let's go to Matthew 10. Because this is kind of how the reality of, of, of this life that we've chosen, how, how we operate. Or how God desires for us to operate. So uh, 10, and I'm going to start at verse 11 and go to 15. I'll just read that to amplify. Matthew 10, 11 through 15. I said, so Jesus is sending them out to what? Share the truth, right? It says, and into whatever town. So he's giving them instructions. And into whatever town or village you go, inquire who in it is deserving. So hold on, wait. Jesus is sending them out to share the word, and he says, inquire to see if, if, if they're deserving people. Isn't that making a statement, though? Now, you know that there's, there's commandments, there's, there's truths, but there's inference in the Bible, too, right? So, so, for example, like, there's specific things he says, thou shalt not kill. We don't have to guess that, right? The Trinity is an inference. The Bible doesn't say Trinity. But it infers it through Jesus, Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit falling on him like a dove, and God saying, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. That's the Trinity, right? That's three, right? But it's inferred more than specifically said. This just inferred something. Those who are deserving means there's people that are not. Right? Is that? See, 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 we don't want to know that. We're going to keep going. It says, uh, it says, and stay there. So if they're deserving, stay there at his house or at their house until you leave that vicinity. It says, as you go into the house, give your greetings and wish it well. Then if indeed that house is deserving, let come upon it your peace. That is freedom from all distresses that are experienced as a result of sin. So he says, you go into the house, they may be going through stuff, but if they're really receptive to what you're bringing to the table, hey, leave something that's going to relieve them from what they were dealing with when you came. 
Does that make sense? It says, but if it, but if it is not deserving, let your peace return to you. So it's saying that some people may look like they're deserving. You're going to go into their house, but they're not receptive. Right? He says, if they're not receptive, let that peace return to you. And whoever will not receive and accept and welcome you, nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or town, shake the dust of it from your feet. Truly, I tell you, it shall, not be, it shall be more tolerable on the day of judgment for that land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. So he's saying that you're going to go into situations, you're going into every situation to share the, share the truth. Everybody's not going to receive. But, he, but look, look, see, it didn't say force it. It didn't say fight them. It didn't say strive with them. He says, okay, if they don't receive, don't use your energy. Dust the sand off your feet. Go to where you are received. Right? That's, that's a pretty, pretty decent paraphrase, right? But you still got to share it. Right? But the reality is everybody's not going to receive. Right? That's just, that's just a reality. But see, I've drawn a line in the sand. My, my, once I've drawn a line in the sand, I'm sharing. Independent of the circumstances expecting everybody's not going to be happy with what I say, but I'm going to be consistent in what I do, right? Now, 2 Corinthians 6.17 says something else, because I'm going over the characteristics of the people that are drawing their line in the sand. So, of course, we're going to go and share, but we're going to dust the sand off our feet if people don't receive, right? But we're going to share it, right? Right? But, and we're going to be in love and stuff like that. And we're not going to be bothered if nobody's sharing. We're not going to get offended and get worked up because they fight it. No, 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 it's cool. And so, hey, it's good. I'm offering. You, you don't have to eat. You know, hey, hey, but I can't spend all my meal here. I got to go someplace where somebody really wants it and they're going to eat it. Remember, I gave Alex the $100 and then he said, he wasn't thinking, but he said he ain't need it. I said, well, if you don't need it, give it back. And then I asked who needed it. He put his hand <laughs> Well, if you need it, then I'm going to give it to you. But if you don't need it, I'm going to give it to somebody that needs it. Right? Now, is that cold? Is that cruel? Right? Now, 2 Corinthians 6.17 shares another characteristic of those that are drawing a line in the sand. It says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Right? Come out from among them and be ye... Now, now this is the hard part for people drawing a line in the sand. They ain't drawing no line in the sand. They're, they're mixed among them. So how do they know where to go? If we're, if we're all in a quicksand, how do they get out? Mm-hmm. Right? Somebody got to get out, right, Stella? Otherwise, we all going to sink. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. All right, so it says, come out from among you and be ye separate. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.17. Basically, it's saying, um, get out of the quicksand with them to position yourself to help them out. Get out of the quicksand with them to position yourself to help them out. So, so, so now this is, this is challenging us from just doing this soothing thing we do with people we know that may be successful in life, but they're compromising in the kingdom as it relates to the kingdom. They need the truth too. But we're soothing them because maybe they're a strong communicator or maybe they're confident in their lifestyle. That doesn't determine if you share the truth with people. Or because they family, or because 
I like that they're, they're cool with me, and I know if I really give them what they need, they're going to run from me. They've done it before. So you're not going to give them the truth? So you're going to make them comfortable with you as they sink in the quicksand? You're going to risk their life so they like you? That's dangerous, right? Right? Because the scripture says walk what? Okay, that's good, but that's not what I was going. But walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's not not y'all fault. It's my fault. I just opened up a walk. You know, it's just first thing that came to you, right? (laughs) They all said it together, right? (laughs) But walk not what? So that means the ungodly will counsel you. You're giving them your ear, right? But, but then it says, okay, so, so it's saying not to walk with them, but then it says what? Don't see them. Right? So, 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 so think about it. They're operating a certain way, but they have, they, they're operating this way, so I'm, I'm, I'm within that path, right? But then it says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. So the scornful is operating different. They're not, they're not only not doing the things, they're scorning what's being done. They're cracking the jokes around you. You know, they're smooth jokes. So, you know, it's like it's a joke, but you're kind of like, okay, was that a joke or was that a shot? But it's subtle. You know, it's like, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Were they talking about me just now? You know, you get in the car, you talk to your spouse like, now, hold on now. Did you hear what you, I'm making sure I heard the right thing. But what's they like? Was that a dig? <laughs> and the spouse responds, oh, no, that was a dig. I was wondering, like, was you just going to just let that go? You weren't going to say nothing? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, as your, as your family member, I didn't want to jump in, but what are we doing here, you know? But, but it's so, after a while, you get numb to the digs. And you sit under the scornful. You're just sitting around, constantly being bombarded being drawn away from your side of the line. Because after a while, you sit around long enough, you'll adjust yourself so you don't hear their mouth. You'll adjust yourself to them so they'll be comfortable, as opposed to being steadfast, unmovable, always bounding in the faith to draw them out instead of being drawn in. Right? Just, 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 just to think about it. Just something to think about, right? All right, so... So the, uh, the Bible says this in Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, look, it says, I set before you life and death. It's a line. Life's on one side, death's on the other side. Blessing and cursing. Blessing on one side, cursing on the other side. But then he said, hey, draw a line. Choose life. Choose everything that's going to facilitate you getting the life that I've afforded you. Don't choose nothing on the other side. Because you're going to get cursing, blame me for it, but you chose it. You crossed the line, right? You, you're going to get death, but you chose it. You crossed the line. We were talking about when things that we do are dead in our life, stepping back and asking God, am I in your will? As opposed to, okay, I'm not, maybe I do, if I do it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Well, I'll do it this way. Hey, hey, well, I'll just do it on Thursday. <laughs> no, no, if you're not in his will... You can sensationalize what you're doing, but it's going to be dead. The reality is it's dead. 
You know what's sensationalized. You know how you hype up stuff. You know, good and well, that wasn't sweet. And you didn't enjoy it. But you committed to it, so you got to say that. Oh, man, we had a good time, didn't we? And the other person's really sitting there going, no, we didn't. What what, what good time was it? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we, we didn't invest it here. We compromised God. We better say it's worth it. Right? I, yeah, I think I'm talking to y'all. I, I, did, all, I did all these things. I, I, to, I told y'all I party five days a week. Oh, man, we had a good time. No, we did not. But we invested so much money and time. We better say we did have a good time because otherwise we would change without finding God. If we embrace the reality of what was really happening, man, man, let's, man, let's stop this mess. That's how I stopped getting high. I was like, Man, I should be like high for to next year. I did it for 20 hours that day. I was like, are we serious? I should be high for the rest of my life. Obviously, there's no satisfaction out of this. See, see, nobody had to tell me then. I, I, hey, I didn't have a come to Jesus moment. I had a come to reality moment. Right? Okay, so all right, so let's, let's, all right, so now uh, the scripture also says, draw a line in the sand. Choose life, but it also says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Ah, I'm drawing a line in the sand now. No, it didn't say choose you who this day, who you're going to talk about. It didn't say choose you who this day, who you're going to acknowledge. It didn't say choose who ye, who this day, who you will reference. It says who you'll serve. That's an action word. That's not I talk about God. I always talk about God. I always pray, even though... John 9, 31 says, God doesn't hear the prayer of a sinner. He don't hear the people on the other side of the line. That's what the Bible says. That's not me. The Bible says that, John 9, 31. So when it says, choose ye this day who you will serve, and then Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? As a leader of his house, he's like, listen, I don't know what else. Listen, I don't care what the kids doing. I don't care what the, what the girls doing. I don't care what the fellas doing. I don't care what the rest of the family's doing. As for me and my house? We're going to serve in our actions, in our life. We're going to submit to authority, be obedient to the Lord. Joshua 24, 14, 15, right? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? Now, Romans 1, 16 says something that I think is very interesting. Because I'm walking through these scriptures as I was, re- I was meditating through these scriptures. I was just looking at, wow, like, do, we, do we read into these and absorb them or we read past them? Because this is walking us through how we should be living this life. Yes. It says, look, I am not ashamed, mm-hmm. Romans 1.16, of the gospel. Right? Because mm-hmm. it's the power of God unto salvation. There's power connected to this gospel. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ashamed of it. Now, are we ashamed? Oh, no, hold, hold, stop, stop. For everybody, the people said no, maybe, maybe they really mean it. But... Before you jump, are you ashamed? Because if I'm not ashamed, I communicate the gospel in every arena I'm in. I'm not ashamed. See, because a lot, the people that maybe are not really into the gospel because they don't know because you haven't told them yet, but they're not ashamed. Listen, Keith Bradley, when he wasn't living for God, I wasn't ashamed. You know, without, you know, some people are younger here, but Without being specific, y'all can figure it out because y'all, a lot of y'all old enough, you've been around, or, you know, I had brown bags with bottles in them. 
Y'all can figure out, figure out what was in it. If you ran up on me, what's in the bag? I pull it out. Why? Why are you asking? Because I wasn't ashamed. If you asked me what I was doing back then, I would tell you. Because I wasn't ashamed. If I was compromising in a relationship, I would tell a person. Because I know they weren't going to believe me anyway. Nobody believes somebody to tell you the truth. Because I had to decide a long time ago, I'm going to stop lying. When I was in the world, I was like, why am I lying? I'm not going to get a spanking no more. So I told people the truth. What were you doing? I was, I'm not going to be specific, but I was out doing what I wasn't supposed to do. Oh, you play too much. I wasn't playing. But if you think I'm playing, fine. Because I wasn't ashamed. I'm going to come to the kingdom and be ashamed? That don't, that don't line up, does it? I, oh, okay, good. I'm on one side of the line. I've drawn, drawn a line. When I was out there in the world, I was on this side of the line. And I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't coming over there. Why are you talking to me? I'm not coming over there. Why are you bothering? I'm not coming over there. You talking to me? I'm going to give you my truth. It wasn't the truth for everybody out there that's using that phrase. Okay? So now I've come to the other side of the line, right? I'm doing something. Yeah, I've come to the other side of the line. Well, I'm not ashamed on this side. I'm not, obviously, I'm not making this up. They said it on the video. All the different people that was around me, we weren't always in Christian situations. We had a team in the Pro-Am, Summer Pro-Am, in all the city leagues. We praised the Lord before and after games. Win or lose. It wasn't a bunch of Christian teams. So in our, and, and we would get new guys like, like phenomenal, either top pros, top college basketball players come play for the team. And that day we had left the hands, I could feel it. Like, they, they, their hand would be like this. Because now they're they like, what well, my boy's going to think. But I just keep lifting my hands up. Eventually, they start lifting up their hands. I would not show up. Some of the people are like, hey, just because hey, Rev ain't here, we still got to praise the Lord. Right? No matter what. We, we first joined the league. We're a Christian team. Everybody goes to the church. We lost games. We praise the Lord before or after. Some people came to our team. They beat us in a championship game. Guy came to the team. I was like, but y'all beat us. He said, man, but you should have heard that locker room. Man, you should have kept giving me the ball. I could have dropped 30. I could have did that. But y'all look like, like, like y'all was enjoying life. I want to be a part of your team. Why? Because we weren't ashamed of the gospel. People would curse around me. Uh, uh, Trevor was talking about on the video. I would go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, did you just curse? Oh, my bad, preach. My bad, preach. Or, or, or. I can't hear you, man. I can't hear you. What you mean you can't hear me? All that ugly coming out of your mouth. Come on. Oh, there you go. There you go. There. One, one kid told me, Bible don't say nothing about that. I read the scripture, Colossians 3, uh, put all filthy communications out of your mouth. He said, he stopped cursing because it was in the word. You understand what I'm saying? But, I, but ask these people. I didn't beat them up. I just represent, I just, I was who I am. I drew a line in the sand, and I decided to be who I am in every arena. I'm uncomfortable if I can't be who I am as a Christian, and I go into an arena. I just, I just, I'm just, I, I can't just water it down. You understand what I'm saying? Because I feel like God is going, really? You, are you embarrassed of me? You know, you know, you're in a relationship, and you go somewhere, and you're around a family or friends, and a person don't introduce you at all or try to run from you. Right? And then what's your thought? Excuse me? 
You know, it's an attitude when you get in the car, right? Excuse me? Like, are you embarrassed of me? Well, God's saying that all the time. Well, hold on. Actually, when you get back in the car and you ignore him, you turn on the wrong music, you ignore him. God was in the car waiting like, excuse me, um, are you embarrassed of me? Is that, is that how, is that how we rolling? Oh, excuse me. Oh, so I'm good for your blessings, but I'm not good for your expressions? Hey, look, maybe we need to rethink this relationship. Right? I mean, think about it. Why wouldn't he? Oh, oh, when you come to church, I'm your God. That's how we roll it. Outside of church, we operate different. It's compartmentalized, right? Listen, don't, don't, don't take it as a put down. Just think through it. Because we're believing for stuff. Right? And we're, one, and, and we're dealing with God like he's tripping. Right? Now, this time it isn't me. So, we have sensitive wires, so sometimes, sometimes uh, we got to spend more money because a wire was pulled. All right, we good? We good now? No? I got it on. Hello? Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. One, two, three, testing. Turn it up a little bit. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. I thought it was on the same frequency, same channel. Testing, testing. I, I sound different. All right. All right, we'll work with it. What was I talking about? Oh, Romans 1.16. Let's go to uh, Titus 2. Titus 2, and I'm going to read 2 through 8. It's one of my, my favorite passages over the years when I first read it. really checked me and taught me some things. You know, as I was a young guy just trying to want to share the gospel with people and then sometimes getting pushed back, and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't share the gospel as much as I should. Maybe I'm a little overbearing, um, even though the people that were speaking to me, they wasn't worried about being overbearing. So Titus chapter 2. Uh, verse 2, and I think I have, I think this is amplified also just for some clarity. It says, but as for you, as for you, teach what is fitting and becoming to sound wholesome doctrine. It says the character of right living that identify true Christians. Look, it says, urge the older men to be temperate, vulnerable, serious, sensible. Hey, hey, look, this is the key self-controlled, and sound in faith, right? Self-control and sound in faith in the love and in steadfastness and patience of Christ. So you have older men that are are knowledgeable but don't have a lot of self-control, right? Right? Uh, Some of them are not sensible, uh, right? And some of them are playing when they need to be a little more serious. It says, bid the older woman. So it's, it's, it's discussing all of us that's supposed to be drawing a line in the sand. It says, bid the older woman similarly to be reverent, devout in their deportment, you know, you know, you know in their uh, representation of themselves. That's where the modesty comes in. As becomes those engaged in sacred service, 
Look, it calls it sacred service. You know, it says not slanderers or slaves to drink. See that, right? It says they are to give good counsel and be teachers of what is right and noble so that they will wisely train the young women to be sane and, and sober of mind, temperate, disciplined, and to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, homemakers, good-natured, kind-hearted, adapting and subordinate, subordinating themselves to their husband, that the word of God may not be exposed to reproach, blasphemed, or discredited. In a, in a similar way, urge the younger men to be self-restrained and to behave prudently, taking life seriously, and show your own self in all respects to be a pattern and a model of good deeds and works. So not just talking about it, it's seen in your pattern of life and in the model of how you live. Teaching what is unadulterated, showing, teaching, teaching what is unadulterated, showing gravity, that means having the strictest regard for truth and purity of motive with dignity and seriousness. And let your instruction be sound and fit and wise and wholesome, vigorous, look, and irrefutable above censure so that the opponent may, may be put to shame, finding nothing discrediting or evil to say about us. So it's saying, when I've drawn a line in the sand, I'm not giving nobody any leeway to say anything where they wouldn't just say, well, as far as the life you're living, you're definitely living this life, and I see the impact of the life. But they're going, well, you with us. You're talking Christ, but you're doing us. So they can discredit you right away. Man, please. <laughs> you ain't never been patient. <laughs> please. With your funky attitude, I'm supposed to follow your Jesus? You understand what I'm saying? We're supposed to, uh, 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 the King James Version says, those that be of contrary might have no evil thing to say about you. Oh, you ain't consistent. You're not disciplined. You're not faithful. You see what I'm saying? Can they say those things about you if you've drawn a line in the sand? Now, this is what the Bible says. This is not pastor, what Pastor Keith is saying. So, so, so what, what's being discussed here, am I positioning myself to express his power? And when I'm going through something, am I under it or am I over it? Right? What I mean by under it, does it has, has it taken over me? Or now beating that thing senseless. It's trying, but I'm just converting it into power. Right? See, I'm positioning myself to express his power to draw who I say I love into the kingdom. I'm positioning myself in this life to see when I say I love people, I'm positioning myself in God to express his power. So my preaching and teaching is not just with enticing words, but in demonstration of power. So I can draw the people I love into the kingdom. We, we're wondering why they're not coming in the kingdom. With all due respect, they're looking at us. You know what I'm saying? They're like, like us. I said us, right? They're looking at us. Right? As they look at us, they decide whether they want what comes in the kingdom. But when they watch, see, again, uh, we know, I know this in life. You know, people will, will, will offer you compromise. And then talk about you for doing it. 
They're, they're, hey, listen, see, it don't take all that. And then as soon as you go, oh, it don't take all that? Well, you know, let me just show them, you know, that I'm not trying to be all holy. And then they'll talk about you, call himself a Christian. Then they won't say it to you. They'll say it to other people. No, listen, listen. They was with me the other day, and they was doing such and such. Don't listen to them. They ain't serious. They ain't serious. And, 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 but they're smiling because you're thinking, now, see, they're going to see that I'm not really all that rigid, and I'm, I'm flexible. They told me to loosen up, I loosen up. And the whole time they just did it for leverage not to serve your God. And the whole time they're talking about you. Not, not, and again, they're not trying to be evil. They hadn't crossed over to believe, so they were like, they don't, listen, when I was not a Christian, I was like, man, please. All these people saying they're Christians. We're going to see how Christian you'll be before this week's over. This, this is how it was when I was in the world. But I wouldn't go back to you and go, I, I discovered you're not really a Christian. I'm having a conversation with my boys. Oh, remember, remember she said she was a Christian? Please. We were drinking last night. Had a person drinking. Right? So, so, so for me now, I, I, I'm the authority now. Because you weaken what you believe. I'm strong in what I believe. So now I'm looking at like, please, that person ain't serious. Look, at least I'm all in on what I believe. I'm not a hypocrite. I ain't trying to do Jesus. But they trying to do what I'm doing. So who's, who's the stronger? They stand on their side of the line. You're going over to their side. See, compromise blurs the lines. Compromise blurs the lines. Compromise blurs the lines. And if you hang out there long enough, you'll be numb to God's signals. If I hang out and compromise long enough, I won't even pick up God's signals. I won't recognize his boundaries. And see, see, when I establish these lines, these draw this line in the sand, establish boundaries, now I'm not winging it. Right? You, you, you know, a, a lot of stages of our life, we're winging it. You know, just whatever happens. <laughs> I'm not committing to nothing. I'm not responsible for nothing. Nobody can hold me accountable to nothing. We're winging it. That's not the life of a Christian. A life of a Christian is consistent. They're disciplined. And they're, we're gonna, we got a message coming up called... Uh, determined discipline, but they, you can hold them accountable, and they're okay with it. Because when they commit to something and you hold them accountable, they're like, and? Yeah, I did that already. So I told my wife this morning, I said, you know, I'm like your armor bearer, right? So she was looking for some garments. I was like, uh, you, you left your garments on the counter, but I, I saw her going to the room. I, I said, I guarantee she's looking for this, because she didn't have it. So I knew she was looking for it, right? So then... Um, so we go out, I grab, I grab her bag, I grab uh, some other stuff to drink, right? Now, to do this, I got to be ready to go. I'm not singing for, for what, what, what's it called, uh, sound check. I'm not singing. I don't have to, listen, I could be home and get here at 10.15, 10.20, whatever. No, but I'm ready, right? I done went to the gym, done worked out, took my shower, I'm ready to serve. So, 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 so we get in the car, she says, oh, so... Her, her juice was in the car. It was something else she was looking for. I said, oh, she's looking for her keys. I had took them out of the other car, and, and she, she was like, oh, I got to get my keys. I said, I got them. She had left uh, a, a donation in the car. I took that out. I ain't even held it. She just found that out just now. I ain't even hold a conversation about that. What am I saying? 
I'm saying I'm accountable. So when she opens her mouth, I did that already. I done that already. I took care of that. I took care of that too. Look, versus, oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. I'm creating work for somebody. See, as a Christian, I'm not winging it. When I'm winging it, I'm not thinking about none of that stuff. I'm just making sure I'm, look, because we had this little running joke. I see you in the car. That's, that's our little thing at the house. See you in the car. You know what I'm saying? So that was, sometimes we'll get in the car and forget something. So then the other person's going, I'll see you in the car. Right? Right. But look, even though I'm saying I see you in the car, I'm saying I see you in the car taking her stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm accountable. Hey, uh, honey, you said you was going to do, I took care of that. I even followed up with, I got to edit some music. I even followed up. I said, hey, I'm going to do that music at this time. I'm going to do that music at this time. Not, I'm I'm not, I'm not in the music department. I'm in the preaching department. But I'm following up with her. Hey, I know I told you I'm going to do such and such. This is why I didn't do it. Because I'm accountable. I'm not winging it. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. I've drawn a line in the sand. So now we can get to the scripture you guys are trying to say. The scripture says walk. There we go. See, Ephesians 5.15. That means I'm intentional in my steps. Walk circumspectly. I'm not winging it. Every step is measured, right? It was as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, he says, so fight I, not as one that's beating the air. I'm just, no, I'm making contact. He says, I'm not, I'm not dealing with making steps of uncertainty, winging it, I don't know nothing. I'm making uh, uh, accurate steps. When, I, when, I, when something comes up, uh, we talked about this in Bible, in Bible school. It's in consideration of the whole. It's, it doesn't distract me from what I've committed to do. Now I have to do what I committed to do and figure out how to work this in too. Because I've already made a commitment. I'm not winging it. When I'm winging it, I'm over here doing this. Something else comes up, I'm over here doing that. And I feel good because I'm, I'm going to complete what, what just came my diversion. But what did I commit to do? How, how does that get thrown off the wayside? See, because I'm winging it. I didn't really draw a line in the sand. Soon as the other thing came up, it pulled me over the other line. Right? So now I'm not in obedience. I'm in compromise. Right? So, so, so look, look, uh, 2 Timothy 2. Second Timothy is... Oh yeah, dude. Thessalonians, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy, Keith. Verse 5. I can start at verse 4. It says, uh, or verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardship as a good soldier... Of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. So when I'm locked in, I'm not caught up in what everything else is, everything else is going on, right? It says that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So once God has chosen us, we're not entangled with all the other things that's going on. That's what I'm saying. We're not pulled with all these different causes. 
we're favoring God's righteous cause, right? Verse 5, it says, and if, and if a man also strive for masteries, that's what I'm trying to master something, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully, except he play by the rules. And so he knows the boundaries. So, so, so I'm playing basketball, you know, and I'm, I'm making a move, and the guy's playing defense on me, and they put, they put a, a press on me. Two people come at me. So I run out of, out of bounds. And then I run back in bounds, got, got around them, and I make the basket. And they, go, and they go, the basket don't count. No, man, the basket count, man. I made the basket. You went, you went outside the lines. You went out of bounds. That just disqualified your points. First time I played chess, I was taught to play chess, uh, and I was playing. So I understood pretty much all the rules except for the one that really counted. And so I, I and I'm... I play chess this way anyway, but I play by the rules now. So I know how to create diversions, right? Like Trina did in spades the other week. You know, I know how to create diversions, right? Sorry, Gerard. I know you're still getting over that. But, <laughs> but uh, so, so, so chess, I, was, I created diversions. Now, I'm eight years old. I'm not, I'm not, I'm new to chess. I'm eight, playing a grown man. Created a diversion, saw my angle to his king. So, get to the king, take the king, I win. He goes, no, 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 you didn't win. I said, no, 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 I won, I got your king. He said, you didn't say check. I'm like, no, no, I got your king. I, I start crying. I'm going off. I won, man. You cheating, you cheating. Because I'm like, no, I ain't trying to warn you. I'm trying to take your king. But the game is played where you let the person know your king is in jeopardy. They have to figure a way out. And it's such a great game because you create a strategy where there's no way out. You master it. But what? I wasn't playing by the rules. It only counts if you're playing by the rules. And you don't know the rules if you've blurred the lines. So you can tell yourself you're winning in life when you're really losing. Because you ain't playing off of the rules. First Corinthians 13. This is why we have to grow up. This is why my wonderful people, you know, my buddy here, uh, like I, I, I love uh, my buddy Carter. Uh, Carter actually has a YouTube channel. He has like 100,000 views on it, probably more than that. It was 100,000 the other day, you know. It might be like 150,000 by the time you get home, <laughs> right? But, you know, he, he told his dad he was rebranding himself. You know, I'm going to publish some different content, right? Um, but right now, even the content, I don't know what all the content is. That's why, you know, I, I can't tell everybody, make, su make sure you do everything you can to follow the channel. He's young, right? He's young. So he's learning boundaries, right? Right? But I, but, but I think he's doing something with Minecraft. Is that right? So, so, so Minecraft, you could, you, you, you could build a fortress, you know. That's an engineer's game, right? I actually was taught the game by a young child. A uh, friend of ours, Jason, he's coming out here. He's been a, a, a blessing to the ministry. But, but I was sitting with his son, so his son was doing Minecraft, so he was breaking it down to me. I mean, just, I don't know. He might have been, I don't know how old he was. He could have been six, but he's just breaking it down. So I understand Minecraft. Real thinking game, and it's a visual game. 
You know, it just helps you to build stuff. Right. All right. So, but for Minecraft, there's rules. There's things you got to do. Like, you just can't just be winging it. You know, you, know, you can't be putting a faucet over here and the, the plumbing's over here. <laughs> they got to connect. You understand what I'm saying? You know this from engineering. Right. But when I, when I, when I, as I think through it, I think of as he's young, young he's going to be de- developing even more content as he learns more of what the rules are as he understands boundaries. Every, every, every level he grows to, he's going to recognize more boundaries. You know, sometimes the parents have to tell him boundaries. You know, he might, I don't know, uh, you, know you know, he's a great kid. He, you know, I don't think he didn't do anything crazy. But let's say if he put something crazy on his page. The parents would be like, oops, we've crossed the line. Come back over to the boundary. You can't do that, Carter. I don't think that's going to be good. That's not going to represent you as a Christian, right? Right. So they have to show him the boundaries now, Right? He's pretty smart, so he's, he learns, he's picked up a lot, of, a lot of boundaries already, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be blessed at what he does. But I watched this. He's, how old are you, Carter? 11. All right, so, so, so I learned this from his dad yesterday, that his father is learning discipline and consistency from his son. Because he's been relentless. He started something, stayed with it. Kept building it, and then when it looked like, ah, this looks dead. Okay, I'm going to redo the content. Didn't get, humble. All right, that's nice. He was, you was getting views before, right? Right? It just wasn't 100,000, but, but before, right? Change the content. Ooh, we could, ooh. Change the content. Suppose we change the content in our life. We might get more views from God. Right? So, 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 now let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 with young Carter in mind, right? Verse 11, it says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. Is that a bad thing? Because I'm a child, right? It says, but when I became a man, that's a mature male and female, right? I put away childish things, right? What it's saying is, when I was a child, I had no boundaries in my speaking, I had no boundaries in my understanding, and I had no boundaries in my thoughts. But when I became a mature male or female, now I have boundaries in what I think about. I have boundaries what I allow myself to absorb to understand. I have boundaries in what I say. If I call myself grown, right? I've established boundaries. I've drawn lines in the sand. I can't do that no more. I'm matured beyond that. That's childish, right? Some of us have taken when we was a child into where we are as an adult. There's no boundaries. We haven't drawn a line in the sand. We're still doing things we did in college. Some of us are trying to recapture college. Hey, newsflash, I love you. It's over. No, for real, it's over. Listen, stop searching for the person that, you, you, that, that liked you in high school or you liked. It's over. You ain't that person no more, neither are they. Man, get off the internet, stop looking. 
Like, see, again, even if you liked each other, you liked each other as a child with limited experience. Right? Stop. Forget the things that are behind you and press towards the mark. Appreciate. If you want to go to your reunion, go to your reunion. Because some of y'all are going to get all deep. That's not what I was saying. I was saying, go to your reunion as you, with, with the lines drawn today, not as, not as you with no lines, no boundaries back then. How about that? Amen. Don't go back and try to be what you was back then. First of all, you're out of shape. You can't play like you played. You probably can't even pick up a ball. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry for those that wish they could pick up a ball again. Um, <laughs> but so that's why the Bible. <laughs> my bad. So that's why the Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth, life and death, and the power of the tongue. Before I knew that, I'm saying anything, and, and we're not even talking about cursing. We're talking about the negativity. Like we was bowling yesterday. Uh, we're in the fourth frame, right? Gerard comes off and goes. <laughs> Would you say, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Because in, in his perfectionism, he's good at bowling, but he didn't have a good start because nobody warmed up. Like none of us was really, we all were terrible, for lack of better words. <laughs> like I said, we all was terrible. You know, uh, David and, and uh, Ty had an 84. We're in the ninth frame. Right? I had a 71. Those are the high scores for everybody that was bowling. Uh, first, you stay out of it, you didn't bowl at all. So nobody asked you. He's talking about I added 300. Man, be quiet. You ain't, you weren't even, you, 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 and, you and James back there spectating. People throwing gutter. James says, he caught that gutter. <laughs> you know, the ball will be going straight. James like, that's a good one. That was a good one. And then they hit one pin. They got that wing. You got that one pin. Good job. <laughs> Telling his wife that she couldn't come home when she did ball back. She, she, she knocked down nine pins. You can come home now. That was his job. But, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, 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 let's be in reality. We didn't do well. Right? We was out there. We, we didn't do well. And, and when we messed up, we went outside the lines. We, we, See, if, if, if we bowled it, if we stayed within the line, it's a strike. Outside the lines, you hear James, James talking about, he caught that gutter. <laughs> right? But nobody was trying to catch the gutter. We just didn't discipline ourselves to follow through with the right technique. Right? So we was all over the place. Right? We was winging it. Venetia <laughs> over there going like this. <laughs> right? So, 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 we're snared by the words of our mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now I know there's boundaries. You know, when you can't bowl, they give you the, the little things to put on the side of the gutters so you could throw the ball any way you want. My wife used to use those things when we used to go. And, and, and then if she, if she had a higher score than me, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm beating your butt. Like, bad. Move that boundary, that was a gutter. So it's bouncing like she's shooting pool with the ball. Oh, that was sweet, right? Then when we shot pool, we had a pool table at our old house. She was like, okay, let's play not calling pockets. 
So she's just slamming the balls. And if she won, hey, I won. I, as far as I'm concerned, I won. Winging it. Not playing by no rules. But the reality is, you don't really win. You don't get the crown for winging it. You get the crown for paying by the rules. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so when we establish, let's establish these lines. And God's lines, not our own righteousness, right? The scripture says in Romans 10.3, they established their own righteousness, right? Oh, oh, what is it? Their truth. Not the truth. Right, so, so you make up your own rules. Okay, so they were talking about, it's, it's a Jersey thing. So I understood it, but I hadn't played it since I've been here. They said that they played a game, and, they, and the uh, spades, and the deuce of diamonds was, was a high card. You know, you, you know, Jersey, you know, we, hey, hey, you start the game off, we using all the deuces? Yeah, we start, we, we using all the deuces. Out here, ain't nobody talking about all, all what deuces. There's only one deuce, deuce of spade. But we talking about the deuce of spade, deuce of diamond, right? So then we, we add stuff to the game, right? Then we go, you know, uh, 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 first hand bid itself. They're like, bid itself? What are y'all talking about? We bid the first hand, right? right? Because in all honesty, I never said this back then because I'll play by whatever rules you get. We're just making up rules. We're we just making up our own game. You can give us the, the sheet of what the rules is. Man, come on, man. We don't roll like that. It's north. You know what I'm saying? We got our own rules. All right? That's how we doing in our life now. You getting the rules, somebody laying down the rule book. Man, come on, man. We got our own rules. God won't put on you more than you can bear. That ain't even in the Bible. There's no temptation taking you but such as common to man. With the temptation, God will make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You see what I'm saying? We just, we quoting Psalms, we quoting uh, rappers, we quoting all types of stuff. That's winging it. We only want to know what the rule book says. So how are we going to get our crown? That's been depressing us, weighing us down. Because your body is longing for its design's fulfillment. And it's only going to get it when you play by the rules, Right? Draw a line in the sand. The scripture talks about contending for the faith. And I'll, 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 uh, I'll end with this. So this is Jude 3 and 4. We're going to end with Jude 3 and 4. It says, Beloved, beloved my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. It says, but I found it necessary and was impelled to write to you and urgently appeal to and exhort you to contend for the faith, which once, was, was, which once and for all handed down to the saints, uh, the, faith which that is, uh, the faith which is that sum of Christian belief, which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. For certain men have crept in stealthily gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago, ungodly, impetus, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing and favor of, of our God into lawlessness and wantonness, that's needy, and immorality, and disown and, dis, and deny our sole master and Lord, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. 
So it says contend for the faith because there are people creeping in and, and twisting the rules, the boundaries where you can't really tell which is which. So, so I challenge everybody, start to draw a line in the sand, contend for the faith, don't contend for the culture. Because we contend for the culture well. Whatever they're doing, well, this is, everybody's doing it. Contend for the faith. Don't contend for the culture. Draw a line in the sand and you'll find, see, God knows. Remember he said about Abraham? He said, I know Abraham. I know how he's going to lead his family. I know he's going, I know he's going to lead his people. That's why he was called a friend. Abe, I ain't even worried about Abe. Can he say that about us? She going where? I don't know. <laughs> Y'all might want to go with her. <laughs> I don't know what she going to do. Or is God saying, oh, that's Ed. Man, hey, send the angels over with such and such. Ed will be fine. Is he saying that about you? Or he's saying, listen, we're going to have to send the angels, the saints. We got anybody in that area? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know the uh, the spy movies. Do we have an operative in that in that location? Because because this person, if, if we let them go there by themselves, we may lose them. Can God say, no matter what, you gonna still stay on that side of the line? You notice how some messages people go, Amen, yeah. So Tanya said, Amen, yes. You was louder than that yesterday, uh, rooting on Ed bowling. All right, stand here. Look, she's, that's my man. 